What is up, Internet? Welcome to another episode of Randy King Live with. Sorry about the huge delay on the show recently. I've been so engaged in creating the online class for the realities of violence that um, my editing time has been taken up by that. But this week we have an amazing show talking about something that should have been talked about earlier, but the conversation should not be over yet either, which is how to be a good ally when trying to assist people from a demographic you don't belong in. So this stemmed from the Black Lives Matter protest. I talked to my good friend, Dax Williams, about this. He did some speaking gigs on this topic, engaging with people, creating bridges. We talk about a lot of really, really cool stuff on this episode. First off, we talk about how to help and how not all help is helping. Next thing we talk about, who do you follow or who do you emulate when you are at these rallies, when you're trying to make a good impression? Because there isn't a great hierarchy of knowledge right now, and everybody kind of has their own agenda. So who do you talk to and who do you find information from in order to make your best decisions? We talk about why allyship is so confusing because, again, there's so many different data points on what you should do, what you shouldn't do. We talk about racism in education. And we talk about cancel culture, how cancel culture is a huge detriment to anybody who's trying to build allies in any kind of situation. We talk deeply about how a road to redemption needs to be available in order for people to learn and grow. And if you bar that road to redemption, the odds are you're not going to convert any people to helping you in whatever cause you're going forward with. Also, we talk about the difference between hateful racism and systemic racism, and also what we believe needs to happen in order to change things. And of course, last but not least, we give you our tips at the end of the show on how you can be a better ally to people. I hope you have as much fun listening to this episode as I had recording it. Dax and me go way back. He's a very smart human being, and hopefully you take something from this. Don't forget, we have more episodes coming out. I have three more in the can for everyone. So we have an episode of we have an episode with sexual harassment online. We have an episode about TikTok coming up. So there's a bunch of shows coming out still. They will be coming out in a more regular progression as soon as I get this huge online program on Teachable done for realities of violence. One more note before I keep going, I'm attaching in the show notes, as I mentioned in the show, the video that Dax references. And also when Dax says this, if you're an audio only listener, he's pointing at his face because Dax is a person of color. And so when he says this on the show, the reason is this, he says it twice, I believe. He's referring to the color of his skin. You can't catch it on the audio version. So sit back, enjoy this episode. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Don't forget to follow us. And also don't forget bonus episode this week about white fragility on Patreon. Yay, hey. What is up internet? Welcome to the Randy King live with podcast. So this week we have my friend Dax Williams on the show. We're here to talk more about the thing you're probably sick of hearing, but we still need to talk about it because this shit's still happening. Our goal today is to have an interesting conversation about how you or I or anyone can become a better ally when it comes to any kind of progressive movement in a group maybe that you're not a part of. Now, I know my friend Dax here, I'm going to let him introduce himself in a couple of seconds if you haven't heard him on my shows before. He's been on all of them. You've spoken at some of the rallies in your area, correct? Yeah. 
Yeah. And there is a story my friend told me about, and I kind of want to get into it as well. We'll talk about where you actually engage with somebody and had like a conversation with that person trying to root out where their issues were coming from. Is this true? I don't go to the rallies to talk to people that agree, basically. Right. So <laughs> I've spoken on the mic on at one of the local ones. And then mostly I'm just kind of there in the crowd, just talking to people. Oftentimes the people who want to engage aren't always approaching it in a really positive way. So it's easier for them, for me to be there because I don't get my back up. I don't get worried about it. More of a calmer energy and more easy to deal with, with that. Well, and I think this is one of the, the coolest things about you. You've always been kind of a chill dude. You've, ever since I've known, yeah. you've always been more of a laid back, not in a ineffective way, no. but you've always been a very patient no. human being. And so I think, yeah. I think there's a lot of this needs to happen. And we had this conversation before that, like if you're looking to create allies, you need to talk to people that don't agree with you. You need to- right do some things that might help bring the work along. So before we get into this, because we're already getting into it, Dax, why don't you tell the yeah. listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Dax Williams. I'm located in Red Deer, Alberta. I've known Randy for, what? So long. Probably close to 20 years now. Yeah. Give or take a little bit, yeah. We've trained in the same circles, traveled in the same circles. We have just always kind of had this interconnected mesh of people and situations that we've we've always just been with uh, as long as we've known each other. And that's where it's it's nice because very, very similar personalities, very similar way of dealing with things, very similar way of of interacting with people. Different personalities, but same, same stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I would agree with that. I'm definitely like, let's talk this out. And so are you. I'm just a little bit more like, yeah. what's up? Randy's here. And you're more like, yeah. hey, Dax is also here. <laughs> right? like, yeah. like, I'll, I'll be quietly over here, kind of, you know, if you want to talk. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Dax, yeah. so let's get into this. So we were, let's start with your thoughts on this straight off the bat, because I have some as well, but I want to bounce them off of you. So what are your thoughts yeah. on like, how does somebody be a good ally? Because there's definitely going to be defensives that pops up. There's going to be, every human wants to believe they're perfect at everything right out the gate. And yeah. I've said this a million times. I haven't been great when it came to homophobia, racism, uh, when it came to yeah. equality and gender when I was younger. I had to mm -hmm. grow and understand and learn these things. So so why don't you right. give some like thought process on what somebody could do maybe when they're trying to help? Because like I like to say, helping without a plan isn't helpful at all. Uh-huh. Right? You know, it, okay. <laughs> that's that's the core of it right okay. there. Not all help is helpful. Just really, really quickly, I was at a protest yesterday and a guy came to actually apologize. I don't know if you saw the some of the rebel media shit that happened and like the okay, so there was an interaction at the a very negative interaction at the NSFail rally last weekend. And one of the guys actually came to the rally last night in Lacombe to apologize and talk about it. But because he was recognized from the previous rally, a number of the allies were sitting there and they're flipping him the bird and kind of cussing him out. And like one guy's getting all in his face and shit. And it's like, and I, I pulled that guy aside. And I'm like, look, dude, like this battle doesn't get won that way. Like, that's not how this is going to happen. Like, you need to stop. And he's like, well, don't you remember him from last weekend? It's like, fucking, of course I remember from last weekend, dude. Like, I was right there. But that's, that's not what this is. Like, he has as much right to be in this space as we do. And you meeting him when he shows up that way is never going to help. And that's, I mean, that's very much the core of not all help is helpful. This guy thinks he's being helpful. And I mean, as far as he is concerned, he's being helpful and thank you, but you don't want you don't want to shit on anybody and say, Hey, do get the fuck out of here because he, he is trying to be helpful. And this is the only way, obviously that he knows how to be that, even though it's not necessarily that. So I think, I think part of it is very much like take the lead from the people around you who carry presence. 
you know, because just because you're there doesn't mean that people are looking to you for an example. But when you see the people that are setting an example, follow that example. And as, as long as it's in line with with who you are and it's not a negative thing, because you, you have to use your discretion still. I mean, there's there's no excuse to not use your better judgment, you know, in this, which which I do see a bit of. I mean, I've read stuff online, read different resources saying, oh, you know, like if, if somebody's black, like listen to all black protesters without question, I'm like, in what fucking world is that ever a good idea? Like, I don't care what color your skin tone is. It doesn't make you a general. It doesn't make you you a leading personality. It doesn't make you an authority on how things should be done. That being said, there's a lot of talk right now about like white people hijacking stuff. And I'm like, man, it's not helpful right now because what it's doing is it's causing people to be too afraid to say or do anything and to actually be helpful. I think this is one of the, one of the things that people, one of the things people have to understand is the word ally. And I think ally is the perfect word for this discussion and for what we're doing, because a lot of people want to be the voice of what is happening. Right. So, so myself, I have a platform, right? This is part of the platform. So it was very hard for me to not over explain what I knew because I'm not the person that needs to do the talking, but I can assist the people doing the talking. And that's why I think the key to allyship is I'm not a feminist because I'm not a female. I can't possibly be a feminist. It's just impossible. I can't see the world that way, but I can be an ally to feminists because I agree with what they're doing. Right. I think one of the hardest parts of this for people is at least on my side of it where's the line between being an ally and overtaking the message yeah i think and i think this is part of the problem right now as well where where the message is a little bit ubiquitous there's a lot of different organizations right now and a lot of different voices that are speaking with not a whole lot of hierarchy there's not a whole lot of people that and not that anybody needs to be ahead of anybody else but if nobody knows kind of who's who in the zoo, it becomes very, very confusing for people who are trying to ally themselves. And that's also not helpful, especially when you get one group that's shitting on anybody who's white and trying to talk. And another group that that is is talking about this completely separate matter, but correlating it to what's currently happening. I think there very much needs to be a little bit of restructuring to to help allies and help people who, because I mean, I've had a lot of people reach out to me that are like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Do you want to be involved in this, 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 and this? Great, wonderful. But a lot of people don't have that reaching out to them directly. And so we're there. I mean, one thing that I do really appreciate is I have a number of people who are coming at me right now, like, hey, what do you think about this book? Or what do you think about that book? And they're like throwing me book lists. And I'm like, oh, look at it. And, and now I'm like reading things and I got audio books going, you know, and I'm working and stuff so that I can like keep up to what they're doing so that I can give honest feedback about it. And I really, really appreciate that amount. Like if you're willing to commit to, I mean, shit, five of like the New York Times bestselling books right now, and that's what you're doing with your, your evenings and weekends, like, holy shit, like, thank you. That's huge. There's so much work that can, and, and education, because I can't remember her name. Um, she did a social experiment, an older lady, and she. I was watching an interview with her, and it's an older interview, but she says basically, if you if you made it through education in North America, there is a certain amount of racism there. If there's no racism there, you're you're basically a miracle. You know what I mean? And I can appreciate that a lot because my experience in education, you know, like it starts very early. It starts very very early, um, and there's little things all along the way. You know, that people, and I mean, it's these little social cues that people pick up and it's not even necessarily taught, it's just there. You know what I mean? And I think people taking the effort to go back on that now and like, I've been doing this this whole time and it's, you don't know what you don't know. And I think that's a huge point where like this, this idea of cancel culture, if you've ever done anything that's untoward, now you're an absolute 
unredeemable piece of shit. Fuck that. Like you need to give people a road to redemption. Otherwise you can never expect anything to improve. You can't expect the person to even want to improve. It's like, it's no different than uh, very similar to what we all experienced during the Me Too movement where all of a sudden dudes are like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. It's like, well, no, you're not. You just need to be aware of what's being said because what you might've thought was okay and nobody ever communicated wasn't okay. Now they are. And now you know, and now you can do better. And that doesn't mean that you are an unredeemable piece of shit by any stretch of the imagination. But now you can never, ever say, you know, this whole movement very much removes people's ability to be ignorant. And I think that's really positive. That's a really, really good thing. Like nobody's ever going to say 2020 black people. Hmm. You know, like it's never, it's, that's never going to, never going to be a conversation that comes up. And if it does, they're a fucking liar. Right. Exactly. And I think that's the thing that I want to bring up was the cancel culture thing. So a lot of people, I, I didn't make a lot of friends when this first thing started happening because I'm one of yeah. the few people in the space that I work in that was on the yeah. side of the protests. And so right. I had vitriol on my account. I've had people swearing at me in my account that were like two weeks ago before that were like, Randy, oh my God. Right. And I'm like, yeah. okay, it's yeah. weird. Obviously, you're only picking out your red letter Christianing my message, obviously, because right. if you didn't if you didn't see me landing on this side of this, you're not paying attention to what I'm talking about. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So anyways, I digress on that. And so I think that's why I want to bring up cancel culture is there is a fear. Now, I maybe I'm too confident and I just don't give a fuck if they don't hire me. I'll find somebody else. Yeah. Oh, no. Right, right. What will I'll I sell? Go, go, what will I do? Right. But yeah. But there's people that don't, that have built businesses and have built these relationships with people and they're terrified to say anything because one, yeah. they're going to offend their current base. And then two, yeah. if they get exposed through cancel culture, then they're going to lose the potential new base by doing the right thing. And so I agree with you hundred percent that this cancel culture shit has to go away. People yeah. need to be allowed to evolve. If, oh my God, if you judge me on my early twenties, you should never put me in a woman's self-defense course ever. I should mm -hmm. never be in that room. Right. right. Because, no, for sure. Back then I was a bouncer looking for getting hooked up and my views were not progressive when I used the word gay, like a comma, like it was yeah, everything. Yeah. And I never meant yeah. it. I never meant it in a bad way until somebody was like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, Oh yeah, but I still used it. And there mm -hmm. has to be, there has to be some, like you said, a road to redemption needs to be present that if somebody's like, Oh, I've changed my thinking. You can't be like, Oh, but one time in 2004, you said this. So how could you change? And that's right. crazy. Right. So just to elaborate a little bit on yesterday, do you know who Pat King is? Pat King, I do not. Great last name. Though. Okay. Pat King is, he was one of the guys that uh, was, he's the co-founder of the Wexit movement. Oh, good, good. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. I wish you'd have my last name. Keep going. Yeah. So he, he was the guy that came and apologized yesterday. See, and that's so that's, impressive that these, these he, movements are doing something. Right. And the, but the thing is he apologized, but as soon as I went on Facebook, on these these different anti-racism groups people are like oh no he's an anti-semitic this that the other thing i'm like look if you block the road to redemption you can never expect ever expect anybody to do any better and he's a fucking prime example like nobody made him come and apologize he didn't come and apologize with qualifiers he didn't come and apologize with excuses he came and said that is not what i came there for i apologize for my end of what happened i apologize for that and i was like okay like, let's, let's talk, you know, but the amount of the, like the number of allies right now that are like, oh, you can't believe a word he says. And I'm like, that might be true. I don't know. I like, I don't know the guy, but what I am, what I do know is that he's deserving of a chance. Yes. Full stop.
there doesn't need to be any more to that conversation because nobody was harmed. It was a misunderstanding. He came and apologized of his own free will and accord. Nobody made him do that. He posted on his fucking Facebook that he went and apologized. And that right? alone is probably hugely offending his base. Like, absolutely, it that is. That is not a PR move for him. That is a no, bad move not. politically for him with his base. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you know, if, I mean, Jesus, any number of politicians comes out right now and says, oh, well, I apologize for this and this and this. And everybody, people like this culture is, let's go back a year and talk about this shit that you did. It's like, no. You can't do that because you can't like that puts us right back to where we started. And like, let's just, you know, you can't unburn these cities now. What the fuck was the point? You know, grow up. Yeah. And grow up, I think, is the perfect way to say this. And now, do you yeah. find, so I've seen, this is only my own anecdotal sample of it. Yeah. The people that are not allowing redemption aren't the people core in the movement. They're the people that are the allies who might yeah. be using being an ally's identity. And they're almost... The allies are actually almost squashing other allies. So I've seen it multiple times, like on the Be the Change group here in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was like, oh, this happened. And then it was a bunch of, and I don't want to make this super racial, but it was a bunch of people who are not Black people, who are not Indigenous right. people, being like, right. no, fuck that person. And the people that are running the group are like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I think yeah. this jumps back to your original, there needs to be some kind of organization hierarchy, some kind of yeah. strategy that people could jump into because again, they think they're helping. Like they do, they really think that yeah. jumping on and, this is helping, but it's not helpful. And that's the thing. We talk about culture. Cancel culture is culture. It, it, is, it is a fucking group and an, an era of people that do this. It's no different than how we're demanding, we're demanding change in police culture. It's culture. If they can never undo anything that they've done, like there's, there are lines for sure but and i mean i'm not the one to draw those lines but there's things i mean that cross the line of criminality and this and that and the other thing but if you have been in the know if you've been part of this culture that propagates this 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 negative attitude towards toward even if it's not a negative attitude even if it's just a negative interaction with visible minorities and you say you know what you're right i have been doing that that's the end of that that should be it <laughs> like there should be no more conversation other than Hey, do you want to know some more? You know, like let's further the education. It's never a matter of let's dredge the past back. I mean, like I said, barring things like uh, again criminality, right, and 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 like overt victimization. Because again, a lot of what we're talking about, we're talking about systemic racism. Systemic racism and hateful racism are not the same thing. I mean, that I might be really unpopular amongst a group of people for having said that, but you know what? I mean, I grew up in rural Alberta. There was three black kids in my town. One of them was me, one of them was my brother, and the other one was a kid that lived across the tracks from me who was also gay. That, like, between the three of us, we're, it's like, dude, good dudes, all of us. Let's just keep it together until we're gone, until we're out of here, right? Because like, there's just this, this parfait of discrimination ready to happen at any moment, you know? And I mean, it happened all over the place. And I mean, again, there's hateful racism, which I've experienced, and there's this passive unknowing, right? You know, I talk in, in a couple of different, on a couple of different mediums about my, my experience in the education system. And I had, a, I had a hard time in the education system growing up because again, in grade four, I've talked about this before where my, my grade four teacher, she used to make me stay behind class to clean the classroom after everybody left all the time. People say, well, what did you do? This, 
this is what I did. I did nothing. I was an honor student, right? That was actually the last year that I was an honor student. And it was, I mean, I was very young, but I'm a smart dude. And I did well in school up until that point until I realized that I couldn't trust my fucking teachers. And like that, once that's broken, it's going to take a lot of work to redo it. I mean, nobody made the effort. And I mean, you, you, you wonder, because so, so here you have a, a, a case of somebody who is overtly being racist. There's no question in my mind that's what that was because there was no other student that ever was asked to do that. But now you have an entire staff of teachers who may or may not know it's happening, but certainly aren't saying anything about it happening. That's that kind of a little bit more passive. And then it gets even more passive than that in that people that just, I mean, when they hear something, they, they just refuse to say something or, or deny that it was what it was. It's like, um, I remember in gym class one year, my teacher, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch the nigger by the toe. Oh, I mean, black person. I mean, tiger. And I'm standing there and I'm like, what the fuck? Right. I mean, but nobody says anything. And again, doublers to donuts. Nobody else remembered that happened because again, people aren't used to seeing it and then having a feel about it or having a, having necessarily an opinion. Like everybody kind of paused, like, Oh, that wasn't the right thing to say. But then again, nothing happens. Nothing, nothing comes out of that aside from, Oh, I'm sorry. I said that in front of the entire class. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I I agree 100%. And I think I love that you separated uh, hateful racism from systemic racism, because we're not fixing hateful racism. We're just not. That's not that's not. But we can, like you said, right, there's some I don't know, that teacher could have been horribly awful. And I don't know. But also, that might have just been the way they said the rhyme every single time and never had to think about it ever once. That's exactly it. That's what I mean. The great, the the first teacher with the cleaning up, that's, that's a hateful act in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. The one who said that, that was a thing that you could, because it just comes out. It's not, it's not a cognitive thought. This is just, it's, it's conditioned and we we're just moving through it. And this is, these are the the motions that we go through. And that's how she said that from the time she was a kid. Yeah. And I think that's where the change, that's where the majority of the change in my opinion is going to happen is in in those little ticks in the paying attention to like how you're thinking, what you're saying, right? It's the same thing with, like I said, I never once when I said something was gay meant homo. Exactly. Never, but that doesn't matter because now I know. So it's no longer an excuse. Right. 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 And that's what has exactly, to happen. You know, and that's and that's the thing. Like in, in like the word nigger in the common vernacular. I mean, how many how many people are singing these lyrics in their vehicles or at their at home or whatever? And it's like, what do you expect when you go out into the world and somebody says, dude, what the fuck? And they're like, and, but then people get defensive about it. Oh, I say it all the time. I listen to the music, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm telling you right now, it's not okay to say. Don't mm-hmm. say it. Well, I thought you guys were using it and taking it back. It's like that's a, that's a totally different thing. Okay. That's, that's an unhealthy coping mechanism is what that is. Okay. (laughs) And that's the thing, right? Is when this is the hardest part. So as a person who's experienced this, oh, so many times in my life, when you Mm -hmm. get corrected in public, it's very hard not to lash back defensively. And I think one of the biggest tips personally of being a good ally is accepting you made a mistake and not getting defensive. Be like, oh, you know what? You're right. Uh, I messed up. And so I don't know why people can't admit they just, they messed up for a second, right? Like that's you insane. Know, and I, and I totally agree. And I, I, I totally agree that people that, people that want to be allies, people that want to be on, on what's going to be the, the right side of history, they need to be willing to be called out in public. The other thing about that is, okay, so as somebody who's been on the receiving end, I don't have to really pander to your feelings a whole lot when I call you out on that shit. The other side of that being, I can't expect you to learn a whole lot if you aren't in some degree of comfort, right? So if I call you out and make you feel like you're this fucking big, I can do that and I'm still not wrong, but I'm also not helpful. 
not all help is helpful. And this is where I'm saying it doesn't matter if you're black or native or whatever, that doesn't mean that you automatically know how best to deal with the situation. As somebody who wants allies, because I mean, at 35 years old, this is the first time in my life that anybody's talking about this in a way that's not, that doesn't happen here, you know? So I want as many allies as I can. I want, and I want to positively interact as much as I can with these people because if you're making the effort, I don't need to shit on you for what you've done in the past. And I don't need to shit on you for what you're doing today. It's, I mean, again, going back to that, that example of yesterday's rally of, of that guy who came to apologize. He could have been shit on right away. And he was by the ally immediately. And he wasn't met with any sort of warmth, definitely by any of the organizers. And I mean, I wasn't super keen on the guy at the moment, but I did make sure that I stood near him at the same time and make myself present because I know that if it's going to go wrong, I want to be there to deal with it. If it's going to go right, I want to slide that in. I want to let allow that to happen and be there to facilitate that if at all possible. Because again, I don't go to talk to people of, I mean, we can all go and agree with each other, but fucking whatever, you know, I got better things to do with my evening if that's the case. But I think, I think how it's dealt with and how it's approached as far as people's, people's methods, I think that's incredibly important because again, Nobody learns when they're when they're in a defensive state. So why? Like what it might make you feel better as a person of color to jump at them and get a little back, but that's all you're doing. And like you said, right? They're not incorrect in that response. It's just that's a very reactive response as opposed to a proactive future response. Right making it comfortable. Right. And there's a big area between correct and incorrect there. And I find most people are sitting very, very far to what I would consider correct because it makes them feel good. I've been belittled my whole life. Now's my chance. And you can't say shit about it. And that's not helpful. But again, like we said, a little bit justified. So I get, I totally get, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, everybody's got their emotions that they have to deal with. And this is something that I've said at the, at the protest before. If you're going to one of these protests or one of these demonstrations for the purpose of pushing the message for the movement, it's no different than a police officer coming on duty. You don't get to come on duty, put on your Batman belt, carry your gun, and have a shit attitude. That, that gets you in trouble, and that ruins the image. That ruins the movement. I mean, how many, how many good cops do you know, Randy? A lot. So many. A lot, right? I know a lot of fucking good cops. Yeah. A lot of good cops. I know a lot of fucking garbage cops. Mm. A lot of garbage cops. But the good cops are completely lost in this. Yes. Completely lost. And that's not fair. Because people do go and put themselves at risk all the time to make the world a better place. And those guys aren't getting talked about. Right. You know? And it's no different here with this movement where you get people who are coming in with a chip on their shoulder and a bad attitude and they're expecting a positive response. How the fuck does a cop come in with a shit attitude in their bat belt and expect a positive positive response? They don't, right? They just make a bad name for themselves and everybody else wears the wears the uniform, right? It's no different than we I mean, Jesus Christ, how many how many times in the last 3 weeks have I heard this heard the statistics of black on black crime and how violent uh middle middle-aged black men are? It's like did you just walk up to this conversation to tell you what a risk I am to society? I mean, thanks for coming out I really appreciate it. You know, like take your Candace Owens elsewhere, but right. at well, the same time, oh my God, dude, I know, <laughs> I know. But pe- people want to spout these statistics and they want to, these are the facts, but there's, there's no facts. There's no facts here. There's, there's people and there's situations and there's humanity and that's it. This isn't partisan. This isn't Democrat, Republican, conservative or, or, or liberal. That's not what any of this is. But everybody wants to paint it that way. 
you know, and we need to stop doing that because that's, that's not, that's not at the core of the issue and it's not even on the outskirts of the issue. And anybody that's trying to do that is bastardizing everything that's happening right now. Well, exactly. And this, I think I, I don't know if you saw, but I put up one of the, the logic, four logic fallacies that are being used very commonly yeah. in this debate. Yeah. And uh, as a debate guy, because I'm really into that now because of the mm-hmm. whole show, yeah. even though yeah. Yeah, for sure. we're chilling it down a bit because of all the things going on, yeah. I think yeah. that that's not the issue at hand, right? And there's a lot of really great memes like where they're like, oh, when there was a the bombing at the Boston Marathon, everybody wasn't like all marathons. Like that wasn't, that's right. not the issue right. we're talking about. Yes. Do, right. do, uh, is there black on black crime? Yes. Is there white on white crime? Yes. Of course they're fucking it. Mm-hmm. That's how neighborhoods work. Yeah. Right. right. Like, right. duh. Right. This is, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not saying no. that there isn't crime. The only issue is this. We're saying that this is the issue we need to focus on right now right. in order to make a change. And, and even then when people are quoting statistics, it's, I mean, it's no different than, you know, but we live, we live in Western Canada. The, the number of minorities is like, it's, it's quite a bit smaller than it is in a lot of, in a lot of centers. But I mean, if you if you correlate that to, to like sexual exploitation of women and sexual assault, statistically, how many women have been sexually assaulted? They're, the numbers are all different. Let's say one in four. One in four, right? And then they say that what what fifty percent go unreported? Yes, at least yeah. Right, at least fifty percent. So that puts your numbers anywhere between twenty five and fifty percent, right? Does that mean twenty five to fifty percent of men sexually assault women? No, it absolutely does not. Absolutely doesn't. But this 54% of black males, people are like, oh, there's four of them. Two of them are dangerous. You know, and it's like, what the fuck, man? No, like that's not how this works. You know, but the statistics, again, like you can't take it person for person, but that's how it's being read in a lot of circles right now. And it's weird. That's an interesting point. And I think like I wrote an article on this called the stats trap uh, on my blog, Randy King Life, where, you know, you can make stats fit anything you want to fit, any narrative you want to fit. That's the problem with statistics is, you know, they only, especially when you're using a single point of data, you can make anything true. Right. 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 So that's the issue is where people are trying to try to focus on a single point of data. The second you add humans to this, everything becomes more elaborate than single two point, three point data. There's right. so right. many factors, right. like you mentioned, right? There's good police officers, but we're looking for a change in the culture of policing because I know, and I'm not going to use any of their names, but I know a ton of police officers right. that are saying kind of something like, yeah, I'm like my, my department sucks. Like uh, I wanted to yeah. say something, but I don't want to get fired and let a worse cop replace me because at least right. here. Right. That's right. bad. That's a bad place yeah. to be. And again, yeah. we're not yeah. saying, and I'm not saying, and I never did from the beginning that all cops are bad. What I'm saying is that we need a different method for these people to exist in the structure they're in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I mean, I, I very much think that part of the reform that needs to happen is police need to be able to report this shit without fear of reprisal and like without going to their direct supervisors who are oftentimes completely complicit in what the fuck is happening. The the method of reporting is so fucking laughable. It's so laughable within these 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 divisions. Like, how do you expect anybody to be held to any sort of standard if that's if that's what's expected? I mean, that's, uh, fuck, man. Agreed. We last interview I had was with Sterling Scott, maybe it was two interviews ago. I don't know when this is coming out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. he said that he's like, if the police rob you, you have to tell the police you were robbed by the right. police. That's fucked. That's a fucked right. system of reporting, hands down. It is. It is. And this is, I mean, this whole, this whole defunding the police argument, I think it's so incredibly important because again, 
it creates multiple avenues. I don't, did you watch that video that I put on YouTube, right? Uh, the one that you like of you speaking about your experience? Yeah. Yes. On I that did. double standard. Yeah. yeah. So this is, this is okay. This is the thing about that video. I talked about the cop reaching for his pistol and we had this moment. And sorry, I'm going to interrupt you, Dax. For all the listeners, yeah. I'll link the video below. So in the show notes, this video will be there. Keep going, Dax. Okay. So he reaches for his pistol. He doesn't reach for his pepper spray, his baton, taser, no nothing. He reaches right for his pistol. I don't want to sound like a dick, but dude, you are so fucking out of your depth. You are so goddamn close to me. There is no way you're keeping that pistol. But here's the next question. I've done nothing wrong. I've done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. He asked me if I had any weapons. I said no. He finds what is essentially a dress knife. Open the blade and the handle is this big, right? It's the first knife my dad ever gave me when I was a little boy. I'm not giving that up. Not going to happen, man. But if I'd said I have a weapon, is he in his rights to, to confiscate it? He is. He can, right? Because under Canadian law... A weapon is, it, it depends on what you say it is. It depends on your intent and what you've used it for, right? I said I don't have a weapon, so he can't say I have a weapon. It wasn't being used as a weapon. It wouldn't have been used as a weapon. And if I say I have a weapon, he can take it away from me. That's why I said no. He reaches for his fucking pistol. What do I do? What am I supposed to do? I don't give a shit what uniform you're carrying or what badge you have. I'm not going to let you do that. That's not how this happens. That's not how I live, and that's not how I'm going to die. That's for fucking sure. So when you're three feet away from me and you go to reach for your pistol, I'm taking your fucking pistol. It's going to happen. Now what happens to me? I've done nothing wrong this entire time. That cop doesn't have a fucking body cam. He doesn't, he has nothing more than his statement of what I've done. And he's reaching for his pistol. I take that gun away. I take him to the ground. Whatever the fuck happens, what do I do next? As a man who has not broken any laws. As a law-abiding human who is well within his rights to say, I want you to call for backup. You better call for backup because you're not taking anything from me. What grounds do I have? Do I do I take the gun, get in my truck and drive away and go home? Do I take the gun and throw it out the window and drive to the nearest fucking police station? Do I take the gun, get in my truck and drive to the nearest church and ring the church bells like Quasimodo and scream sanctuary from the roof? Right. Those are my only fucking options. Which one is the worst of them? What is right. the worst option there? Yeah. You know, like who the fuck do I get to call when the cops, a cop has pulled a gun on me because he's got a fucking shit attitude and doesn't realize that there's way better ways to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, realistically, why was I out of my vehicle? Right. I need to breathalyze, dude, I don't drink. Mm-hmm. You didn't smell liquor on me. You have no reason to pull me out of my vehicle. No reason to fucking frisk me. No reason for any of this. And then you have the gall to reach for your fucking gun. Right. What options do I, as a guy who works all day every day in the sun to raise his kid, to pay for his life and his education, why am I in that fucking position? This is why. Yeah. And that's that's the that's the problem, right? That's the issue. Is yeah. There's no place to report this. They can kind of get away with whatever they feel like getting away with. Yeah. And I've heard yeah so many stories and it's it's insane like just the things that i have so we had a story i was talking to somebody and it was a they said the person had a bet license plate there wasn't a bet license plate but that was the excuse for the pullover and right. i'm like i regularly i actually used to on purpose leave the snow on my vehicle over the license plate uh-huh. so i wouldn't mm-hmm. get pulled over by photo right. radar like right. on purpose i've never yeah. no officer has ever pulled yeah. me over ever to even tell me to remove and that is illegal i'm not supposed to do yeah. that Absolutely. Absolutely. Once, never once been talked about that. But a slight bend in a perceived bend is a pullover. Like, we have to look at this a little bit logically. Like, as a person who, if you are the majority in your country, like, look at the stuff you kind of get away with all the time. And then listen to somebody who's not a majority in your country and ask them about the same kind of story, right? 
And, you know, and, and so many times I hear this, well, I'm not convinced it's racism. I'm not right. convinced it's racism. And I hear that all the fucking time, and it's so frustrating. Okay, I got pulled over, like, probably five years ago on my way home from Edmonton. I went to a Mumford & Sons concert with a buddy of mine, okay? So, yeah, I know. It was good. It was a good concert. It was a good concert, you know? But I get pulled over in uh, Leduc, just, just, yeah, in Leduc on the way back. Why did I get pulled over? Well, because there was a vehicle matching my vehicle's description that was reported stolen. Okay, one second, one second. You see that truck out there with the logos and the phone numbers and all that, all that shit? Yeah. There was a vehicle matching that description that was reported stolen? Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? And <laughs> there's no need for them to prove their accusation. No. They don't have to be like, oh, no, here's the not. report that I got faxed. Here's the blah, right. blah, blah. There's no need. They can be yeah. like, oh, you're right. See you later. Guess we were wrong. And that's it. Right. Right. Oh, well, you know, I got this information. It's like, you're such, like, that is a load of horse shit. I know it and you know it. Like, don't even try. Yeah. You know? And, uh, like, how is that, how is that acceptable in these organizations? I, I got pulled over last summer driving around with my windows rolled down for having too, too much tint on my windows. I'm like, wait, wait, my windows are rolled down. He's like, yeah, but I've seen you driving around before. What? <laughs> you, what? Yeah. I've seen you driving around before. Oh, okay. You know, it's like, that's like pulling somebody over because they tried to pick your wife up at a bar six years ago. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here, man. Well, and let's, let's look at the car thing again. So I drive a black SUV. Mm -hmm. There's a fuck ton of those. No, not yep. once has anybody ever pulled me over saying this might be stolen when that would right. at least make sense because my car looks like right. every fucking car I see. So right. I've never right. once experienced in my life once being pulled over by somebody thinking, that this car fit right. a description, right? Like right. The reason the reason my truck looks the way it does is because F350s are one of the most notoriously easy vehicles to steal. Right. So I put that shit all over my fucking truck. So if it gets stolen, it could be identified. Right. That's that's why there's no one in the world with those decals but me. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> right. Don't spin me your fucking lies, man. So we were talking about cancel culture that has to stop. And yeah. I've heard a lot of people from all walks of life wanting that to stop. So Dave Chappelle is really known for it. One of my favorite Dave Chappelle jokes is, hey, yeah. do you know any people that do this? That's fucking you. That's you people. It was so yeah. <laughs> the audience. It's so funny. I don't know if yeah. you saw that one, but it was gold. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's real. Cause like, you, I don't know when that became a thing or why it became a thing. Yeah. But but I mean, this this whole idea of like social justice and people like these, like like you said before, a lot of allies are basically, I mean, a lot of them are out there for the identity of being allies right now. Yeah. Yep. It's like, that. I mean, again, I appreciate the help when it's helpful, but I don't when it's not. And like, if you're just there to, to get some Instagram points, like, And don't. that's the problem, right? So when people say, so of course, I've been accused of virtue signaling through this entire event. Of course. Oh, you're virtue yeah. signaling. Am I? Am I? Here's yeah. something I talked about three years ago. Here's something I talked about two yeah. years ago, but I got some virtue yeah. signaling. That's fine. Yeah. But there are people that are doing that though. They don't give a shit. They yeah. are there for Instagram points. They're not going to, once this leaves right. their news feed, they're going to talk about the next thing that's coming up. And this right. isn't something that's going to go forward. And this is my problem with the self-defense industry and why people got so mad at me is because I'm like, if your job is to empower the disempowered and you're not on this side of this, I find your mm -hmm. motivations confusing at best, right? Because like you said, what is your ability? What can you do if right. you are, if a gun is pulled on you wrongfully? That's a classic self-defense situation. Somebody pulls a right. gun on you wrongly, what do you do? Yeah, because I mean, classic self-defense situation, you always train for if the mugger pulls a fucking gun exactly. on you, not 
when the cops wrongfully pull a gun on you. Right. Like, and a gun is a fucking gun, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, that's like I said, I don't care if you carry a badge or not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to deal with it. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to let that happen. The fact that his gun stayed in his holster is everybody's saving grace in that scenario. Allowing people to make mistakes and grow definitely has to be step number, at least one of the major steps of letting yeah, this happen. For sure. Absolutely. Number two, you said, and I really liked it, is that when you do correct, even though you're justified to make them feel like garbage, it's probably a better move to just to pull them aside. Like you would anybody, if you're a boss and you have an employee, you don't yell at them in front of everybody. You pull them aside and be like, you know, we don't do that here. And that's where most of my corrections came from in my experience in this, where I Mm -hmm. have been corrected socially. It was always that one. The Hey, Randy, come over here. Hey, just so you know, like, we don't, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even think of that. But if you would have came at me in public, I'm Randy King. I'm going to mock you and drink you. Like, there's a benefit to that safety net, I think. If if you're looking, if you're not looking to get comeuppance, but if you're looking to improve the dynamic, I think that praise, punish in private, praise in public is a good model to do again at the core of this we're trying to get people to reach their humanity yes that's at at the core of this it's i am no different than you i am no different i want you to reach deep deep down into who you are and what you are and then look at me and realize that there's no difference how the fuck do you expect people to do that when you're going to be an asshole to them oftentimes are not intending to be that as they're coming across and if you're treating them like they are this fucking thing there's a huge dissonance there because that's not who they see themselves as. So you need to level with them and you need to find this common ground. And I think that's a big part of why, you know, when I go to these protests and demonstrations, I I get through to people and I'm able to talk to people one-on-one very well, because again, I'm not doing that. And that, that is probably my, the greatest tool in my toolbox is the fact that I'm, I'm not going to call you a piece of shit, like knock you down to here so that I feel good. Cause I feel good anyways. Right. Right. And, and I don't need you to make me feel that way. So let's just level. Let's just, let's just be two people talking and driving, getting by. Right. Right. And I think and that reputation is going to happen. Yeah. This layers onto just basic influence in general. Right. So people's yeah. self-opinion usually has three separate things, right? They believe mm-hmm. they're smart. They believe they're autonomous and they believe they're good. Those are yeah. the three things that most people think they think, you know, right. yeah, I work at a job that I hate, but I do it for this reason. So there's a purpose that I do it. They believe right. that right. they're relatively intelligent, at least in their field, but also they mm-hmm. believe that everything they're doing is good. If we can tap into those three things when we're having these conversations and be like, look, I disagree with you and I can see why you think this is the good for whatever, but this isn't what's going to happen. And again, this isn't going to stop hateful right. racism. It's just not. And that's no, not going to stop. No, it's not. No. But the war right. is won in the middle ground here. The war is won with the people that just, like you said, who didn't know, who either through ignorance or through tactics used a shield of, I didn't know to do what they were going to do. And if yep. it's ignorance truly, and like, you know, you grew up in rural Alberta and you sang the the N-word by the toe, like that, that's just what you did. Yep. You were born yep. and raised like the Bill Burr skit, yep. right? When the Duck Dynasty yep. thing, right? Like, yeah, right. It comes up, you're going to say it and you're like, oh, I didn't read the room at all, but I never had to yep. think about this before. Right. And I don't right. think it's, it's just the rhyme that I learned, right? Yeah. And you know what? And I come across that all the time and I have my whole life. You know, it's not, it's not always people who are like, I fucking hate the darkies. It's generally, I've never had to deal with the darkies. Yeah, exactly. Fuck man. Here we are. You know, like, okay, like, let's, let's talk. It happens. That's his thing is it happens so quick. Everybody's talking about, you know, like, I mean, I hear so much about, well, I never owned a slave and my parents never owned a slave. So what's the problem? Right. Like, 
Okay. And then, but then people are so quick. I mean, look at this whole COVID thing. Sure. The whole COVID thing. Look at what happened in Brooks. There was Filipino workers that were denied access to banks, to banks, because they were at a higher risk, according to the locals. How the fuck do you work and manage a bank and you are racially discriminating against anybody as to they don't get access or maybe maybe they have to use the back door. I don't know what their fucking jive here was, but it's like that happened fucking a month ago. And nobody's talking about that. This is how easy it is for people to switch gears from being, I am passively racist. Mm -hmm. to I'm racist, fuck racist, yes. you know? <laughs> and it's like, okay, generally, you right. know, like, I, I, I mean, you can't do that anywhere, right. anywhere. We definitely but need it, to break the us versus them mentality in all of our yeah. stuff, right? Like we can't, yeah. yeah, we're gonna say they agree that COVID started in China. That does not mean only Asian people have it. That's ridiculous. That's right. not how diseases right. work, right? Like, right. and so there's obviously, and this is definitely not explaining it away, but this is where winning in the middle, it's yeah. okay to have instant tendencies to think like that in a reaction, yeah. to be like, oh, you know, right. this is from China, Chinese people have the disease. But if you just stop and critically think for two seconds, that's what I believe I'm asking you right. to do. I would start Dax right. the same thing, is when you have that knee-jerk reaction, oh, grab the blood by the toe, be like, whoa, what? Oh, scratch the record? Let me think yeah. on this for a second. Is that, mm -hmm. is that acceptable? Because you're going to make mistakes. And guess what? Even if you're woke as fuck right now, you're still going to make mistakes during this. Yeah. Like there's just, yeah. you have to accept that we're all learning this at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I, again, I mean, it's, it's very much our culture and, and where we are and, and this generation and all of it. It's yeah. no different than when you, you fuck up people, people. And this is, this is the thing. It's so dangerous with cancel culture where people oftentimes genuinely want to make a difference and be, be on the right side of this, but they fuck up once. And if somebody's gonna call you out for fucking something up and you're gonna be brought down to here and you're canceled out, you are done. These people, they 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 turn it off and they're like, well, I tried. They're like, no, but it's just it's not we see it in, in fitness culture. Well, I was I was doing really good on my diet for six weeks and then I, I ate a pie for supper. So well, I guess that was over. Six weeks done, you know, moving on with life. It's like, no, it's a hiccup, it's a little bump in the road. You work through it, you know, you move on. That's okay. But we don't, we're not used to forgiving ourselves or other people. This is the thing. It's, it's, we, we don't forgive ourselves. We're more likely to forgive other people. But in this cancel culture, no, we are less likely to forgive other people, you know, and everybody's, everybody's busy trying to scramble and put their, their dirty laundry to trying to hide it right now. You know, anything that may have said or done in the past, you know, it's like, a, mm, well, that's mm. how they're getting caught, right? I don't know if, I don't know if yeah. you're aware of this, but why all these tweets are getting found is a bunch of people created bots that search Twitter and instantly screen capture anything deleted before it's deleted. So when you panic oh. and go, oh my God, I got to get rid of this. When you delete it, that's when the bot finds it. So people aren't scrolling back to the past. They have web crawlers yeah. that instantly take yeah. snapshots of all deleted Instagram. Yeah, it's oh terrifying. <laughs> But that's, yeah. that's why there's so much data. It's like, who's doing this? Nobody. A program is doing it. It's insane. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> huge. Oh, my God. Like, that is how invested some people are in this, in cancel culture. Like, yeah. like just, wow. Those people need a role model, man. Yeah, or like, put that to, like, Bitcoin or something. Make some money. What is yeah. wrong with you? You're creating these algorithms that are insane. I think, yeah. wrapping this up, Dax, I don't want to keep you all day. Oh, yeah. I do, but I won't. Yeah. Let's, let, let's really, let's juice this down. So let's say, I yeah. would say tips for being an ally, and then maybe we could add addition to them, right? So understand yeah. you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. 
gonna make mistakes. Not all, not all help is helpful. Not all help is helpful. Right? If you don't know, okay, and this is the, the one that I would say not for allies, for the people that are, are directly in it, mm-hmm. when somebody comes to you with a question, allow them to be wrong and mm-hmm. don't judge them for it. Right. Allow them whatever they've been their entire life and be gentle, be gentle in your explanation as to where that is. As an ally, you need to be discerning in who you're going to for your answers. You can't just ask anybody of color, what should I do? Or what's right and what's wrong? You have to look to the right. It's no different than finding any teacher for anything. You don't look, you don't want just any teacher who's going to tell you a new thing. Look for people who have an impact and who have a method to how they're describing things, how they're communicating things. Because it doesn't do you any good to get torn apart by somebody and get fucking crucified for not knowing. That doesn't help you. Be discerning. Yeah, and it's not every person's of every person of color's no. job to explain this no. to you. Go to the no. people that are trying to explain it to you, right? Like right. that's right. that's why they're doing right. this. Because it's right. and again, if you if you say that not all cops are bad and you say it, but then you lump all people of color in one area, you have, you're, you're being hypocrite, yeah. right? It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So, and I, I pick on this on the left side now, cause I don't like friends anymore. I just like pissing off both sides. That's my new business right. plan. Apparently right. Right. everybody, right. everybody just, just flash and burn. everybody, fuck all of you. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Done. Burning this to the ground. But the, the, uh, the people like before when we argued and I agree that not mm-hmm. all people of Islamic faith are terrorists. I agree with that. Right. And not then say all cops are evil because you just made right. a point. Right. And the same argument that I heard is if all, if everybody in Islam was killing people, we'd be all dead. I'm like, yep. If every cop killed everybody they met, it'd be a worse problem too. So there's still right. bad people right. there. That is right. there. You definitely need to, like we we're saying, right. It's not every person of color's job to be your gateway to this. Maybe they have right. their own problems. They're not even dealing with this right now. They have their own yeah. shit to fucking deal with. Right. It's just because right. you knew a, a person of color in high school doesn't mean they're going to answer the top 10 best books you should read they don't maybe they don't fucking know either there's enough people with the platform that you should be approaching expanding on that a little bit even who you're talking to about it no different than if you have again the the whole self-defense background if you're dealing if if you want to know about how how best to deal or help somebody who's experienced sexual assault you don't ask somebody who's just experienced sexual assault that's not the like unprocessed trauma takes time and you aren't fucking helping. If somebody is coming off a certain way, like maybe you shouldn't be asking the question as an ally or somebody who wants to learn, you need to give them a certain amount of space and a certain amount of time and realize maybe they're dealing with some stuff that's so far out of the realm of what you're used to that you should just move on. Apologize. Thank you for your time and go find somebody else. And that's totally okay. You're not, you're not discounting anybody. You're not minimizing anybody, but not everybody is in a place that they're able to talk about it. We're going to end the free podcast here, but I'm going to bring Dax over to the Patreon and I want to talk about my new favorite term, which is called white fragility. So I want to get Dax's take on white fragility in the Patreon. Okay. This is the haha, go pay me suckers part, but we're going to have this discussion because I think it's important. Also because it's behind a paywall, we can be a little bit more open about the discussion, right? Not that we're being unopen yeah. right now, but it's just better to have right. that. So Dax, before right. we jump to Patreon, why don't you tell the listeners, you know, what they're, if they're picking up what you're putting down, uh, number one, can they approach you with these questions? Number two, where can they find you? Absolutely. You can approach me with these questions. If you see me, you can reach out to me on I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Dax Williams. You can look me up, uh, Cali Academy of Martial Arts, and reach out to me that way. Either one works. It doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Uh, I'm 
kind of dealing with a lot of it right now. So if I don't get back to you right away, I will get back to you. It just might take a minute. Awesome. So like Dax said, if you want to talk, you can talk to him. Again, he's very busy with this. But I like you said it earlier, we have different personalities with the very, very similar problem solving abilities. So I would, you're definitely one of the people whose brain I'd love to pick on this topic. So thank you everybody for listening to the show. Don't forget if you're liking this type of content, we have a story with Sterling Scott, uh, also a story, from, a story from two years ago, where I guess that was also virtue signaling. A story from two years ago, where he talks about being in trouble with uh, Money Mart and how similar, like that's why this George Floyd thing hit him so hard is because he was in a very similar situation where they thought he had a bad check. So it's a very interesting story on this channel, Randy King Live podcast channel. We have, I just released a blog called Beware the Overcorrect. So if you want to re read that blog, feel free to jump over to randykinglive.com, subscribe, and of course, join us on Patreon if you want to hear our talk, little extra talk on white fragility and how much I fucking love that term. It's so fun. All right, everybody. I hope you're having a good one. I hope this episode was beneficial. Don't forget to look up Dax and we'll talk to you all soon.